And so that way we can uh, just go ahead and get back to our Saturdays. You can get back to being a student and the next person in this family having a master's degree. Uh, so, so yes. Woo! In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Receive it. I receive it. <laughs> Good day, everybody. Welcome back. You know what time it is. Vulnerability leads to victory. Your new favorite podcast here with your host, your boy, Sean John. We are back again. Episode nine of season one. Um, Just thank you all for the love that you all have been showing. I've been seeing the retweets of different things I've been seeing, um, just the comments and the, um, the also just the, the, the reaching out, um, and just really you all taking the time to just truly appreciate, um, the content that is being put out there. Um, as always, please, I would love it if you can go, um, like subscribe to this podcast, uh, give it a rating, give it a review more than just the stars actually write something up. Um, you know, this is more for me to see more for others to see as well. Um, yes, I know there's some different analytical type stuff that gets your podcast up there. But for me, this is truly um, just a a passion of mine. And if if it goes somewhere bigger, then, you know, praise the Lord on that. This week, I am excited. As you all know, um, I love the aspect of having guests on this show. Um, And so this time, this week, um, I knew that when I was doing this season, I was going to try my hardest to get this next guest on this episode. Uh, You know, this person is truly blood. I've said, I've, you know, I got people on before that was, you know, I was like, they family. No, this person is truly family. We are blood. We got that Johnson blood running through us of Hazel and Fred. Um, you know, so we we are truly um, you know, some some kindred um spirits here, just really um in things that we used to know and, and understand growing up. And so this week I bring to you all, you know, your future uh just worlds, psychology. <laughs> organization yes. president everything we are speaking <laughs> into existence now thank you thank I don't even, yes. I probably just made up an organization but, but that's I, fine. I bring to you my cousin the one and only Crystal Johnson how are Ooh. you doing in this season I am good. I'm good. I'm a struggling grad student. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I feel honored um, to talk about vulnerability and my experience with it. And I'm good. Thanks for asking. So as I said, we are blood. Like we we go back. Um, you know, I think you and I um, can you know we can connect in many ways. You know, not just because we're family, but also um, just understanding of different life experiences and the times we grew up. Um, you know, especially we both grew up with. Uh, dads that were albino and trying to understand what that meant for ourselves, but also being around people like, what is albino? So is your daddy black? (laughs) Is he white? Like, what's going on? And you're like, wow. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Probably also you grew up with people being like, you know, you from Rockford. Where is Rockford? And all that. (laughs) So you know, yes. but yeah. So, so now though you have, um, you know, you have been doing big things lately. You, uh, basically you came to, to Georgia and, you know, from the Chicago land area and you've been there ever since, um, with, you know, going to Spelman and, and now staying in, um, uh, the Atlanta area and, and going after your master's degree. And so, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure to, you know, keep in contact with you um, and see your growth uh, over time and see kind of all the love that you are passing along to others while also um, just doing what you can to help, you know, make this world 
a, a better place. Thank you. Yes. And thank you for being a big cousin that paves the way for me to get my master's degree and just someone who inspires me and to look up to and yeah, journeying, journeying to the South as well has been a blessing and even lived in Miami for a little bit too. Yes. Um, Yes. Now back in Atlanta, but it has been a journey. It really has. Um, and I think I probably will stay in Atlanta. Somebody was asking me that recently. Um, but it's just, it's the black Mecca. I feel <laughs> like I can be more vulnerable here and authentic and there's just space for me. Um, I miss home. Definitely love visiting, but um, I think Atlanta, I think Atlanta might be home. Okay. Okay. So uh, I, we talked a little bit about your journey, how we know each other, but just uh, before we really get into the heart of this show, like, you know, um, what is what's what's a memory or two that you have of us growing up since we family? Let's give the people some insight into what's it like mm-hmm. being a grandchildren of <laughs> Hazel P. Johnson. Yeah, I think so. The main memory I have is playing cards in grandma's basement. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. and then also probably New Year's. I, I think there was one New Year's where I have this memory. It's not very vivid, but I want to say grandma was like pouring us all um, like sparkling juice and somebody got champagne. Somebody got real champagne on accident (laughs) and they didn't get drunk or anything, but I just remember that like whole experience being hilarious, but yeah, probably playing cards and playing games and war and, probably sorry and monopoly in grandma's basement and new year's eve celebrations yes 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 definitely you know in that uh that basement out in markham illinois (laughs) uh she has this little like red ish shag carpet that it was also a bar in there because our grandmother was um a hairstylist and a barber and and yeah, we used to play cards, Uno, a lot of Uno, but then also mm. she had this game called Kings in the Corner. Till this day, That's I've, what only it was. Met, I've only met That's... one other person outside of family uh, that has ever played Kings in the Corner. And so I'm always just like, where did this game come from? <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yes. Yes. I was trying yes. to remember the name of that game. So we had that. And then, yeah, on on New Year's uh, Eve, going to New Year's Day, that was the only time um, that our grandmother would uh, let us have, like, alcohol. Like, she, would, mm-hmm. she was that grandma who would pour us. Um, once you got to a certain age, uh, she poured you a... Um, a mimosa. So she didn't give it to you straight champagne. Like she would try to mix it with a little something to just be like, Oh yeah, now you're a big kid and stuff like that and everything. So, so definitely no, those are, those are definitely some, some great um, memories right there. Yeah. So knowing that uh, this podcast is talking about, you know, vulnerability, um, you know, why were you willing to accept the the invite uh, to be a guest on this podcast? Hmm, That's a good question. I, um, I don't know, like, kind of like I said before, I, it's inspired by you. And like, I think that you, even before this podcast have like modeled vulnerability And so on one end, I want to support you. And then on the other, it's like, I know how important vulnerability is in inspiring other people and wanted to share my experience. I think not to get too deep, but I think that at times in my life, I've overshared and thought that that was vulnerability and it is a vulnerable thing to do, but that is not, you know, necessarily healthy vulnerability. And so just wanting to come on and um, share my experience in hopes that someone else uh, might find insight and wisdom from it. No, definitely. Definitely. Um, I like the, that phrase that you use healthy vulnerability um, and, you know, and oversharing. Like, I think that is something that is uh, definitely a key piece. And that is why part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast is to help people understand that like, there's not one true thing about 
being vulnerable, except that you have to share, um, mm. you know, but it can, that sharing um, can and should look different for everything. But in turn, there is a healthy aspect of, of doing that. So yeah, I appreciate you just even mentioning that up front. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. So, you know, uh, with anything where we're talking about um, different terminology and stuff, uh, there has to be some type of definition. You know, you working in the counseling and psychological services field, you are so familiar with terminology and trying to help um, people understand kind of and give them a basis for different terminology and stuff like that. And so, uh, as always, I, you know, I tell the people that the definition I put out there for vulnerability, uh, being vulnerable is allowing yourself the opportunity to truly be in the state where you are. Again, allowing yourself the opportunity to truly be in the state where you are. So, you know, Crystal, what is uh, vulnerability to you? Like, what is the definition that you would give for vulnerability or vulnerable or some words or phrases that come to mind when you hear those terms? Yeah, um, I think of authenticity. I think of self-disclosure and I think of boundaries. Those are some words that I think of. And then this week as I was thinking of what would my personal definition be um, in the therapy and mental health world, I like um, meaning making and, and doing what you feel is best for you. And so I think my experience with vulnerability would be the art of being intentionally transparent. <clears throat> um, and I think that's allowed me to connect with other people. Um, it has liberated myself and my friends in many relationships. And so that was kind of, that's what I, where I landed was the art of being intentionally transparent. Ooh, that's good. Like, I think just those words in, in general, when you, you break it down, like art is, it's something that, you know, means so many different things for so many different people. When you, you, if you talk about an art museum, you can go there and different people can, it, it's something about it that you look at it and everybody kind of has, can have something they say, say about, you know, art, mm -hmm. whether it's music, whether it's actual like painting, where there's so many different things. Um, and then you talk about just being intentional. Like we know that it, being intentional means that it's, it's a focus to it. There is um, something about this. You're like, I know this is the the lane that I need to kind of stay in when I'm, I'm addressing something. And then just transparency. Like I think, yeah. you know, you talked about just already like that healthy sharing. Like I think it's we, we hear that a lot in terms of, oh, just to be transparent. But, you know, I think something about that means you can you can throw it all out there. But mm. when you put it as in the art of being intentionally transparent, that means that you under you can potentially understand the people that you're around or the settings that you're in and knowing um what that uh, what that does for you, what that means for you, and understanding that. And I think you've even kind of, you know, um, touched on something even earlier when you talked about that you lived in Miami for a little bit, that you, and then now, but being in, in Georgia and being in the Atlanta area, like that is something that you're like, okay, like I think I'm, I'm going to stay in Atlanta. And it's probably because there's something about, as you said, it, it's helped you to be, more vulnerable. And so um, mm -hmm. I think that intentional transparency, you know, I hope you all caught that and understand already that uh, this is not, vulnerability is is not something that you do with everybody at all times in every setting. Again, it's the art, as Crystal said, the art of being intentionally transparent. Yeah. I think you... Um... I'm glad that you broke it down and realized how much thought I put into this this definition because I do part of me and that I'm trying to embrace right now is my creative part. And I definitely bring that into the therapy room and I definitely try to bring that out in my clients is that 
there are so many components of your life that you get to create and it brings autonomy and it is an art. What does your life look like to you and what do you want it to look like? And so absolutely, it is an art. You get the freedom to create what that intentionality looks like and what you want to be transparent about and not about and with who. That changes from person to person, um, from season in your life and um, your own personal process. So thank you. I feel like you actually really understood my definition. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's something. I I think that's uh, something as you said it, it just spoke to me in a way where I was like, there's so much behind this phrase and this term, um, you know, and, and and what you said. And I think that's just what it is. And I said, even with you being a, a therapist and a counselor, like there's that understanding that someone hears a term and it's like, well, I heard that with a family member or a friend and it mm-hmm. like meant this and meant that. But I, I think even as you just, you know, said that it is understanding kind of what you you want your life to be how you're seeing your life. That is where it, it becomes key is that when we have to use um, a definition like that to help people see like, this is about you in the intentionality you have in, in the, the growth of your vulnerability journey. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, with everything in these podcast episodes, like, you know, really the heart is being able to hear um, each guest's vulnerability leads to victory story. And so, you know, for you, Crystal, like, what is that um, that moment, that story? What are those moments or, or time period where you knew um, and were able or in that moment or since then have been able to acknowledge that um, you being vulnerable helped you grow in a significant way and get you to a victory um, per se of just, you know, victory of growth. Yeah. I am still on that journey. (laughs) I think there's different levels to this victory, victory journey. Um, But I really think of mostly just being um, in maybe middle and high school and wanting so desperately to connect with people and oversharing. And so like I was saying before, I think my idea of vulnerability before was to wear my heart in my sleeve. Um, As a high school and middle school girl, I would tell people personal information that I probably shouldn't have and Mm -hmm. really now that I'm an adult, I realized it was out of my desire to connect with people and felt like if I give all of myself, then they'll latch on to something. Um, and it was hurtful because everyone doesn't latch on to everything. And, and I, it took a lot of rejection and feeling misunderstood to kind of land where I am now. Um, one significant point in time of learning what vulnerability is, um, is Thinking back in my romantic relationship with someone I dated um, at the end of college and early uh, career, and I had a friend who basically just kind of pointed out that I was guarded in this relationship, which again floored me because I thought I was this oversharer and this person that was so transparent and vulnerable. Um, but she pointed out to me that I actually wasn't letting this person in romantically. And while I'm not in a relationship with this person anymore, I learned so much about what vulnerability really was and how to let my guard down and let someone in, um, to the deepest parts of my heart and learn how to actually love them rather than like oversharing and having this, um, I don't know, superficial vulnerability. Mm. And so I think that looked different because vulnerability is really an exchange. You're allowing yourself to be open to receive as well as giving others, like giving to others your heart and um, maybe some things that are more private. Um, What else about my vulnerability story? Now in grad school, um, I'm in grad school for therapy to become a therapist. It has been 
a totally different level of vulnerability in the relationships that I have with my peers and my professors. Um, you literally cannot do this field <laughs> without being mm-hmm. vulnerable. And what I learned is first being vulnerable with myself. And I, and I didn't realize until um, my most seeing my most recent therapist and doing some of these assignments that I wasn't being authentic to myself mm. and that I was so stuck on wanting to feel like I had it all together and, and be a mental health professional who didn't get messy. She was the person that knew the answers. And in this program, I really value, there's a lot of things I don't like. There's a lot of things I do like um, about my program. And one is that they want us to be messy and they want us to be able to be authentic. Your authentic self is, is not (laughs) perfect clearly, but also has so many wounds and so much pain and to be able to sift through that, you have to first be vulnerable with yourself and, um, whatever those insecurities might be, or even just history and experience in life, being able to like tap into yourself and be totally honest with yourself, I think has been my journey in the past three years and the first step in, in being vulnerable. No, that's good. You, you use the word, the first thing that I, I think about is you use the word, um, you know, sift. And I think um, when I think about that, you know, I think about those times where um, even you and I had the opportunity to make, you know, cookies with our grandmother and she had a, a sifter. And like, I think, you know, mm. for those of y'all understand, like, you know, yes, like flour could be is a part of the baking process, but it wasn't about just dumping the flour right into the bowl. Mm, it was that's about good. sifting, you know, through um, sifting the flour into it which really means you're little by little, like you're it really, it's with the sifter, it's a little bit is going through at a time. And so, and you in a way have control over how it, that is going, that process is happening. And so I think when you bring it into, you know, this uh, counseling and psychological services, therapy, you know, um, you know, even coaching aspect and understanding some of the things that you uh, were just um, talking about. It is when you when you sift you were sifting through it and understanding little by little because, as you said, you were someone who you know was oversharing in high school and needed to hear somebody tell you that you were guarded. Like you might have been thinking, like, <laughs> I ain't nothing about me being guarded, right? And stuff like that, but. Maybe like so. Here's the question: is, Do you do you feel like that somebody might have thought you were being guarded because you were sharing a lot, but you weren't sharing particulars to re- that were really opening yourself up in that relationship? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that I. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I wasn't being intentional. When you say shift, I think of that like part of the definition that's intentional. And I was oversharing about my experience in life. I was oversharing about like my experience with myself and and my emotions. Um, That part in my, that portion of my life in that relationship was very hard and I was super sad. Um, But I wasn't sharing how I was relating in that relationship. And that was the part where I was guarded. And I, um, kind of blamed it on all the other things that were happening in my life and was so vulnerable and open about my career at that time and my self-esteem, but I wasn't as open and vulnerable with how I was ro- relating romantically. Um, and in therapy, I'm learning how much our romantic relationships really do affect how we show up in the world in those other spaces. And so, yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was being intentional. I didn't even realize I was doing it until I was talking to my friend and she was just kind of like, there's, you can't connect romantically with someone, even in, in friendships, it's hard to connect when you're not your authentic self, that person, the other person is connecting to this image that you have projected or, um, you know, just not you. And so vulnerability mm. and being able to actually show your true self first, know your true self, which is what I was saying yeah. first, and then show your true self is, is a skill. Um, yeah. No, 
That's good. It's, I think as you were talking about the emotions, like there is some emotions that come with vulnerability. As you said, vulnerability is really an exchange. And I think that's something that people don't want to do is, um, is exchange of emotions. Like I think in relationships in general, whether it's romantic friendship, whether it's even professional, like I, I really do wonder, you know, sometimes why there is a a struggle when it comes to that emotional exchange. And I say that knowing that I, I do in some ways have an answer for that, but I think it is just one of those things that, you know, we can have physical transactions with people all day in terms of the work we do and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even just to sit there and when you ask somebody like, Oh wow. Like how was this week at work? We'll just quickly say good or we'll quickly Mm -hmm. say fine. We'll quickly say, you know, you know, uh, any number of terms, but what does that actually mean? What's behind yeah. all of that? Where's the emotional exchange at? And so I think I wonder sometimes if there's a fear of vulnerability in relationships because there's a fear of exchanging emotions. Yeah. So, no. I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think too, it's like this fear of rejection that mm. if I sh- if I actually tell you how I'm doing and you don't respond in a way that makes me feel seen or heard, I'm gonna feel rejected, <laughs> and and I won't feel loved or accepted. And um, it's like if I show my true self in this vulnerable part, I'm putting myself out there um, to be criticized or to not be heard, even if it's not like overt rejection. You know, you ask me how I'm doing, and I'm like. I'm not doing very well. And then the other person's response is like, okay, well, I'm about to go grab some coffee. Even though they didn't deliberately say anything that, you know, was rejecting. It's like, I was kind of wanting to be seen and to be heard and to connect with you. And that didn't happen. And so I think that that is also like part of the reason why it's hard to be vulnerable. Um, even in kind of like you just said, even in casual conversations, it's this fear of, of rejection and, and which is ultimately um, leads to like this feeling of maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe I'm flawed. Like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Um, what did I do to not be accepted? Yeah, no, it, it makes me think about. So I have um, a friend of mine uh, sent me a, a sweater. It's one of the um, sweaters from the uh, one of the pieces of clothing from Target's uh, Black History, um, you know, collection. And so, Target, if you are anybody from Target's listening to this and they want to sponsor Vulnerabilities of Victory, hit me up. Uh, but you know, um, so in the sweater says like it's just got the question like you good like a bunch of times. And so, yes. and I think the thing is is that like especially in the black community, like you can say you good in so many different ways and it means so many different things. But I think what we're talking about here is, is that how can you, you know, even just say, yeah, I'm cool. Or in a way that, you know, somebody, the person on receiving it and hearing that is like, no, they really are good. Okay, cool. Like, all righty. Or they're like, mm, there's something there, but I know they need a little time or no, 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 no. I need to step in right now and do, mm. you know, some type of thing. I need to intercede on prayer right there. Like, you know, I think when you say that, like, you could be like, you good? Mm. You good? You good? Yep. Like, and they could be like, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Or you could be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And you're like, ooh, like, you know, when you know somebody that when you know the differences in the question, not just the question, but also in the response. When you can hear that in a way, and I think that's something that, you know, that emotional exchange within, you know, your casual conversations and relationships and and people you are around, like, it is truly something there. And so um, even, um, you know, my wife and I were talking about this last night, even Jenny, we were talking, we were watching, um, uh, Malcolm and Marie with, uh, you know, Netflix and like, there's no spoilers here. So you can keep listening <laughs> folks. Um, 
but just the emotional exchange that was there and some of the understanding of feelings, but also lack of understanding the vulnerability and everything that was there. It really made me think of like, you know, what does that look like in relationships and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that? Because, you know, I, and I'll say like, I've said to folks sometimes that I think that relationships in, in whatever form it could be, friendships, romantic, you know, um, you know, work type stuff. Like I think that they go sour because someone was affected emotionally. Mm. Like if I'm at work and so as you talked about, you talked about being valued. Like if I'm at work and let's, let's just focusing on that. If I'm not feeling like I'm being valued at work, like that's an emotional response. And so, you know, and if I address it, that's one thing. And if I address it and I'm truly not being valued, like that's where it goes mm-hmm. out. If in a friendship, you know, we talked about it, you know, talk sharing in high school, like if you share with people and they're not responding and you feel like, oh, I'm not valued in this friendship, then you're going to be like, I don't know if I want to be in this friendship. And the same thing with relationships. Like if you are sharing um, or if you are guarded, like that's an emotional type thing there and that can affect um a relationship in that way as well and so um so truly yeah like that that word that you use of exchange is truly something that um it has to has to be under understood because there's some give and take there that if it's not set up if it's and it's even as you talked about earlier with the definition if it's not understanding of like the boundaries and um and so many other aspects like how are you going to have a healthy um, relationship and a healthy understanding of, mm-hmm. of vulnerability? So, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. You dropped some gems there, Crystal. <laughs> yeah. And you just reminded me of, um, as you were talking about like work and, and being valued versus feeling valued and like the similarities and also differences in that. And so like knowing yourself, knowing the things that make you feel valued and, actually like being valued they're just knowing that and noticing mm-hmm. um and being able to communicate to even to a boss to a romantic partner these are the things that make me feel valued or when this happened i didn't feel valued <laughs> um how am i an asset to this company or how can i show up differently in this relationship um but absolutely i i just like how you differentiated between that um it also made me think too of safe versus unsafe people and mm. even just being a person that is allows other people to be vulnerable around you. Like yeah. we talked about this being intentional and, and kind of sifting through what to share, what not to share and who to share it with. Like, am I a defensive person that when somebody is giving me feedback or is open with me, I like, get really defensive and, and, and I'm not open myself. Um, am I a person who admits my weaknesses and, um, allows other people to be vulnerable around me? I think that thinking about who you are vulnerable with and, and why you're not vulnerable, there's, there may be a really good reason why you're not vulnerable with certain people and, and to be intentional about that. Yeah. Um, and I, you mentioned in this, even like the therapy and counseling work that you do, like there's this, this wanting and, and this needing like to, you got to come in and we are messy people. And so you have to mm-hmm. you know bring that. And I, and I think that as you just said, even the word like psychological, like, you know, in the work that you do, you, you probably, you know, interact with people, meet with people. And there's this aspect of they can feel physically safe. They can be like, I know mm-hmm. that nobody's going to bust in here. Nobody, like, I don't have anybody come after me, but do I feel psychologically safe? Like, do I feel safe in a, in a space where my men, anything that's going on in my mind, I can share, I can share my mess. I can unpack, you know, my, my mess here, knowing that, you know, this person is there to assist in the cleanup process. And I think that's something that, you know, with how can, you know, healthy 
how can healthy vulnerability, how can healthy sharing, how can intentional transparency help in terms of sifting through um, your your mess and cleaning it up and then also um, you writing the narrative of what you want your life um, story to kind of to play out in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And I just love that you pointed that out because I think in um, working with myself and working with people, people don't realize that those emotional alarms and emotional, like not feeling emotionally safe physically is the same. It's very similar as if you were in physical danger. And so it is extremely important. And I think it makes me think of, um, I, I am also doing research, this is a plug for me, on imposter phenomenon in Black women. And one of the things that I research is strong Black woman paradigm, which has been, it's just a, a way to describe how Black women have had to be strong in order to survive and how it can also be detrimental, which connects right with this vulnerability, right? It's hard to be vulnerable because if you've always had to be the strong person. And um, it also makes sense that you've always had to be the strong person if you're the person that um, has, um, that people lean on and that you've literally been in unsafe situations. So it's kind of like unlearning this idea of having to be strong at all times and, and learning how to be intentional and think about who is safe and unsafe around you. And if all your friends or family members or whatever happen to be quote unquote unsafe people, what does it look like to build a community and network of safe people that you can be vulnerable with? Yeah. Uh, I'll say this and then see if you have a response and then we'll, we'll move on to the next the next part of this episode, because uh, we could talk, I, I could talk <laughs> back and forth, but I, I have a thought. I've already had this thought to to do one day do an episode with um, with black therapists, and so I'm gonna have to invite you back um, for that one. And so, um, but the thought I have is is that I, I was listening to another podcast with some friends, and um, they talked about like you know black excellence, and that like why like why do we always have to be excellent? Like, in a, but they talked about it in a way of like, that there's this pressure of like, okay, we, we have to keep doing things or that there's different levels and, and people are trying to, you know, look at others and, and keep moving in a way where it becomes harmful because we're not relaxing, reflecting, mm. reviewing, you know, truly who we are and where we are um, mm. in each season. And so as you were just talking and thinking about, as you said, you know, strong women paradigm, like in that understanding that, you know, it, it, Malcolm X, you know, said like that black women are the most disrespected, you know, mm. population. And then you have on the other side, like, you know, black women trying to be strong and just strong women and women trying to be strong in general, like yeah, you you look at all this and understand, like, man, like there is this concept of like excellence and always having to yeah. reach it in a way because I think there's a some there's that's one of those things that we have such a like small definition for it that's a centralized definition for everybody. And I think that's something that how can we even break that apart to where we understand that like what is excellence to me and how can I like be vulnerable in a way to help me navigate getting to what I see excellence as. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love that. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Uh, one of my uh, favorite parts of each episode is when, uh, you know, we allow the guests to just go ahead and give us um, any tangible tips, you know, that the listeners can take away as they are, you know, going in their uh, vulnerability journey. So, you know, so Crystal, just give us some tips um, that can help people face being vulnerable. Um, well, my 
number one tip <laughs> is to go to therapy. <laughs> um, it's no surprise that I'm saying that, but again, I think <laughs> that it is helpful to have um, a professional that is able to help you see yourself with a subjective, an objective, objective point of view. Um, because friends and family have great advice and tips and can support you. Absolutely important. And even if it's, you know, just a couple of times in your life, I think that therapists can um, just provide some insight that maybe even the people who know the depths of you can't. And so that's my first tip is going to therapy, learning more about yourself um, from a professional's point of view. And then um, even kind of what I mentioned earlier is thinking more about safe and unsafe people and why you may not be um, open to being vulnerable. What is happening around you and in your systems, your family systems, your friend systems um, that may be preventing you from being vulnerable and just noticing it without judgment and just getting insight for yourself and who you can be most vulnerable around and why and being around that person more in order to foster that vulnerability. Um, and then my last thing that I can think of is self-compassion, which is, um, another art <laughs> of like, of loving yourself. And there's some resources. I mean, most of these things you can Google. I hate saying that cause it seems so cliche, but safe versus unsafe people and self-compassion. There's lots of resources on the internet and how to care for yourself and listen to yourself and give yourself the just tenderness and, and, um, love that you need in order to be vulnerable with yourself, which empowers you to be vulnerable with other people. No, those are all, all good tips. One is you heard it, uh, go to therapy, um, explore therapy. I'll say like, you know, if you are working, uh, depending on where you work, there are different um, benefit systems set up to where you can yeah. um, get some, you know, free or reduced like counseling sessions or, you know, explore it and and see where it is. And so and where that where that fits into, you know, your journey. Uh, I would also say on the flip side, um, you know, not just because I want people to support therapy is that like as someone who you know is an aspiring you know life coach i i have thought about that aspect of becoming a licensed therapist but what i've also realized is is that is not the focal point of my life's journey right now more mm -hmm. of just general life coaching what i have made sure of and this is what i want also the the listeners to, to hear is if you are that friend, that that person that someone comes to, don't be afraid to mention therapy uh, or any aspect of mental health counseling either, because you know it. Because if you are always taking the whole burden on, it's going to become physically, emotionally draining to you as well. And so um, I think that's understanding the balances like, as Chris said, like, yes, like go to therapy. It's great to have someone else, you know, be able to, you know, talk through with that is in a professional way, that they are a licensed professional. Um, and then again, but if you're that person that is also hearing stuff, um, on the initial side or whenever, like make sure you, you know, are willing to recommend, um, professional, um, therapy and counseling as well, because there's so much with that. And I've seen so many benefits myself with that, uh, over the years. I just even think to my counseling class from grad school, like <laughs> some yeah. of the stuff I was able to get off of my counseling class in, in grad school, I'm yeah. still appreciative that I was able to just have that setting to, to do it in. Um, yeah. So definitely with that, that reminded me to tell people how to get therapy because um, sometimes people don't know. So definitely work um, databases for sure, your insurance um, databases. And if you don't want to go through either of those entities, 
Open Path Collective um, offers free and reduced therapy. So it's open path as if you're walking towards a path and collective.com is a way to get free and reduced therapy. And then on psychology today, you can put um, filters in and filter by um, faith-based views and race and gender and specialties to um, figure out what type of counselor might be the best fit for you. Um, and then, like you said, sometimes it's not a counselor. It can be past a pastor or um, a, a life coach. There's so many ways to get support. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think the other piece is you mentioned self-compassion. And I, you know, I, I have a uh, friend that always talks about this concept, like, you got to give yourself grace. And I think mm. if you say, like, the self-compassion, like, that's, I was thinking of, a, that's another way to say that and think about that is you got to give yourself grace. Like you have to give yourself um, and not grace, like you saying at the dinner table at night, you know, or, you know, stuff like that, but grace Mm. in terms of like a willingness to even just forgive yourself and and a willingness to better understand the season that you're in, the moment that you're in and everything that happened um, there because we are human beings and, and we make mistakes. Like, I don't, mm. you know, we weren't, there's nothing about us that is, you know, meant and that's going to, rather, there's nothing about us that's going to allow us to be perfect every day. Yeah. You know, some people, for Ooh. those of you who are sports people, like, you know, we have people that, you know, have, Lifetime 45%, you know, shooting or lifetime, mm. like, you know, 352 batting average, like all these different <laughs> things. And some people are like, what's that mean? So that's out of just think out of the out of 10, like, or out of a hundred or out of a thousand, like that every three and a half times or every four and a half shots for the like that they make it. But in in life, this is education. You know, I couldn't get a forty five out of hundred and be like, "Oh yeah, I just passed." <laughs> like, you right. know how big of a curve that would have to be in order to be like a forty five out of a hundred is passing. And so, what I get at is is that when you start to put life into percentages, you're always going to think about it in terms of this way of out of a hundred, out of a whole. When in reality, like being whole means different things for different people. Mm. So as Crystal mentioned, like that self-compassion, like, you know, you got to give, you got to look at that and explore that and and give your, be willing to give yourself grace. Yeah. I love that. We can do a whole nother episode on grace. And it reminds me of what you said before too, even about excellence and being excellent. And it's like having standards for yourself, but also being realistic on those expectations and we can talk all day about that. <laughs> uh, this is why I love doing the this podcast because there's so much comes up uh, to be to be explored and, and truly, um, you know, how we can just push ourselves again, even even greater to vulnerability, the journeys. So, you know, as we move towards the the end of this podcast, like, you know, are there any final thoughts that you have? Um, you know, the the just so people know the uh, Open Path Collective and those types of things that Crystal mentioned, I will put that information in the description for this episode. But for you, Crystal, is there any last thoughts that you have? Anything you want to promote? Some social media, any website business, anything uh, that you just want the people to know, um, you know, before we wrap up today? Sure. I'll put a little, a little plug in for my, uh, my social media. Um, My uh, therapy platform is at Crystal Loves Therapy. And if you are in Georgia, I am taking clients right now, and I can see clients in Georgia. And right now, I'm only $25 a session. So if you're listening to this and in Georgia and want some therapy, at Crystal Loves Therapy and and my website and booking information is on there. All righty. That will be in the description at Crystal Loves Therapy therapy. And so definitely um, take a look at that if you are in Georgia. Um, And so I get that. I am not just 
promoting this because it's my cousin. I am <laughs> therapy and therapy um, can definitely be helpful, um, you know, with you exploring, exploring your vulnerability journey. So, so yeah, definitely. Thank you for uh, putting that out there and, and, you know, being vulnerable and uh, sharing your info like that. So, yes. Thank you for having me. You really inspire me, Sean. I really don't tell you enough, but you do. And it's really a blessing to have a big cousin who I can look up to. Everyone doesn't have that. And so I feel honored and blessed just by you being you. I see you. We, we see you. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Like, you know, I, I'm just trying to make sure that, uh, I just I just serve well and this is a way to be of service. And so I just thank you for uh, accepting the invite because um, you know, you you all didn't hear this at the be- you know, we were before we started recording today, but you know, Krista was another one of the guests that was like, I don't know what I'm <laughs> gonna say. I don't know if there's a lot and everything like that. And here we are, you know. About 50 minutes into this episode. And yeah, we are 50 minutes into the episode. Like I, think, <laughs> I think that says it well there. And you all could, some of y'all are probably like, man, I had to press, press pause a couple of times to take some notes down. I had to walk away and come back just because it was, you know, really hitting home, like whatever, you know, that could be. And so, um, yes, I'm just definitely. Uh, glad to see, as I said before, like see your growth. I'm definitely, um, you know, am appreciative of, you know, the, the strong woman that you are, the way that you, um, take care of family and the way that you just, uh, serve other people. And so that is, as I said, you are doing great service to society, um, as well, um, even outside of the counseling and psychological services field. So keep up the great work that you are doing, representing that Johnson family, that uh, <laughs> Johnson family, that Weatherall family, like representing yes. us uh, well. And so, you know, um, I know that there are going to be some people who are going to be touched and impacted um, by this episode greatly. Yes, I hope so. Thank you. Well, everybody, that wraps up another episode of Vulnerability Leads to Victory. Um, as you have heard, like Crystal Johnson has given us some, you know, good understanding of the art of intentional transparency and that knowing vulnerability and the exchange that happens there, as well as understanding the emotional side and sifting through all the mess that you know we are but also that we can um, grow through as well and so as we wrap up episode nine here of this first season um, i just want to thank you all for listening once again Um, again please like subscribe write reviews but most importantly i would love if you just shared this with someone else because we are all on a journey of vulnerability that we want to lead to victory so you know what to do now (sighs) exhale before you inhale peace and blessings everybody one love